Get ready. Helena Hustle is now live. Here, we will showcase successful leaders in business, athletics, healthcare, and all things that make Helena a great place to live. Join Dr. Daniel Bridge, owner of Endurance Chiropractic, as he searches out amazing individuals who are making a tremendous difference in this place we call home. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired with the Helena Hustle Podcast. Tyler, thank you for joining me today. How's everything going? Going good. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Appreciate it. So I'm here with Tyler Jarvis of High Country Lighting. High Country Lighting? Yes, sir. Awesome. Um, but before we do that, let's start with, uh, with my, my favorite game, Two Truths and a Lie. What you got for me? <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, not much for this game, but let's see. Um, I once snuck across the border into Mexico. <laughs> I've never broken a bone. And... I've had to kill a bear in self-defense. Okay. Uh, ooh, this is just knowing you. I gotta say that you've never broken a bone's a lie. All right. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you've maybe broken less than like twenty bones or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, not that many. Surprisingly, actually, that's a bit of a funny story. You know, I've had a lot of different injuries and stuff, but I've I've only uh, broken a couple bones and. And the, I broke the one in my hand playing football, but it wasn't even in a game. It was during the warm-ups. We were doing, <laughs> we were doing bear crawls in the warm-ups, and I broke my hand oh, doing dang. bear crawls. So yeah, yeah, no, but that was a lie. So oh, wow. So Tyler's there. Tyler's from Raymond, Alberta, Southern Alberta, which is where my dad grew up, and my cousin is one of Tyler's good buddies growing or yeah, good buddies growing up. So that's how we met. Um, do you want to share about the other two truths? That I mean, I'm dying to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on <laughs> on certain things, but no, um, sure. I mean, I want to hear both. Let's start with Mexico. Well, I mean, I was just, um, so I've been, you know, I'm a businessman now and I, I do a little bit of everything, but, uh, I started out as well in Alberta, Canada there, like you had mentioned, and my family's been in the outfitting business all my life. So I've been guiding hunts most of my life and, um, you know, that was, that was what I started out in, in business and just getting, you know, getting to know people that, uh, had money and, and ran businesses and stuff. And that was a huge start for me being able to, from a young age, associate with those people. But how old were you when your dad first started taking you on the, well, he's been doing it for over 25 years. I'm just about 29 now. And I've been doing with it, it with him as long as I can remember it, you know, whether I was just riding in the truck with him mm -hmm. or actually, you know, assisting in the guiding, I've been doing it my entire life. And I only say that to illustrate the point that, you know, it, it was a huge benefit for me in my life as far as business goes, just because I got to associate with some people that are running mm -hmm. huge multi-million dollar companies right. from a very young age and see what their mentality and mindset is. But uh, to get back to the, your point of your question <laughs> yeah. or your story there, that's led me all over North America, just doing different hunting things and having uh -huh. different opportunities like that. And um, I was hunting odd at or like Barbary sheep down in West Texas on the, on the border. What was the first thing you called it? Audad. Audad. Okay. Yeah. Audad or Barbary sheep. What's that either. like? Same thing. They're, they're a, uh, they're a type of mountain sheep that comes, I think originally from Pakistan and some of those oh, cool. mountains in the, in the middle East. And, uh, they just 
have done extremely well in places like New Mexico and West Texas, really barren, uh, arid desert mountains. And so, so like, do people bring them here to breed them and then all of a sudden they just take, they, they're yep. self-sufficient? Yep, yep. Can they, be yeah, they brought them here years ago just, uh, you know, cause they thought maybe they would do well and they just took off hmm, and they, awesome. and yeah, and they've taken over some of those areas in a lot of cases. And, um, one of the guys that was there with us, he was an old Mexican fellow and he'd been living there his entire life, mm -hmm. um, on the other side of the border. And he said before they had him, they had mule deer, but once the odd ad came, they pushed the mule deer out in a lot of instances. No and now kidding. Okay. They're there, but anyways, I was down there hunting hunting those and we were on a beautiful ranch just i mean in the middle of nowhere and there's it's one of the most surprisingly remote places that i've ever been no power lines no roads no light pollution hmm. nothing um and uh and <clears throat> anyways it, you know we spent the whole time hiking on hunting on the rio grande river and i saw an old indian campsite on the other side of the rio grande and i just wanted to go see if i could find some arrowheads over there and <laughs> It was only a foot or two deep, so I just walked right across. Okay, easy as that. Started right? looking for arrowheads, but any yeah. luck? No, I didn't find any arrowheads there, but I did find some uh, in another place. You found yeah. arrowheads before? Yeah. Uh, cool. I'd yeah. love to do that sometime. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Huh. Awesome. And uh, let's hear about this bear. Oh, that's yeah. It's just you know, honestly, I've had to, I've had to, um, you know, shoot a couple of them, whether they've been coming into different camps or actually you know wounded ones that have ended up coming at us and a couple of different things so yeah i've i've actually shot a couple that way i mm -hmm. won't get too much into it because, sure yeah are they are uh um do people like get more detective-y about it here or in canada oh just with you know i know it is a big um big issue here now that that and it's a you know, you don't want to talk too much about it one way or the other because it is like a sensitive subject for yeah. people as far as as far as bears go. And I love bears. I've been right. around bears my entire life, and I think they're an awesome animal that needs to be out in out in nature, and and we should be able to interact with them in in some ways. But uh, yes, as far as here in Montana, there's getting to be more and more attacks. You hear about it every year. Somebody mm -hmm. somebody's getting attacked. Somebody's getting killed, and and um, I think last year in Alberta, a couple, you know, one girl sadly got killed by a black bear. Oh, dang. Um, a black bear. Wow. Yeah. She was actually planting trees, mm. a tree planter and it, and it got her. And then a couple, I, there was definitely a couple grizzly attacks. I don't know if any were fatal, but uh, I wouldn't say either one is necessarily more detective-y. I just think. Great uh, word, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think either, uh, you know, either you're defending your life and property or you're not. And, and so it, it's pretty cut and dry. If I think, you know, if you're in the right, you're in the right. Yeah. Okay. And if you're, you know, if you're being threatened, you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes. Exactly. So, right. cool. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, I've told you a lot already, I think. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the starting part of my life. And that still has a huge part in my life. But, um, basically after guiding for a while, I went and, uh, you know, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I went and served a two-year mission for that church in Cleveland, Ohio. So I served, uh, you know, a mission in Cleveland, Ohio for two years. And that's actually where I met my wife, Erica. Um, now, I didn't I didn't really get to know her at all while we were out there. I just kind of met her in passing and, and uh, 
And so when I got home, I went back to guiding and I, I was guiding that fall and I reached out to her and, um, and we started communicating back and forth. Long story short, I ended up down in Utah and we started dating, got married. And, um, then I was stuck in Utah for a while. So she was a collegiate athlete. She ran track and field for BYU. I know you're a track Heck and yeah. field guy. You also ran for BYU. Not at you? her level. Yeah, but you, you ran. <laughs> BYU Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. A little yeah. easier there, but yeah. Hey, but still, uh-huh. there's no joke. I've seen what those guys, the work that yeah. track athletes have it's to put in. And year it's year round, a lot of work. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, but Erica finished fourth at nationals. I think it was something like that. Yeah, it's crazy high. For, yeah. So I want to get her on the podcast up oh, yeah. at some point because she's oh, got yeah. an awesome story. Yeah, she'd come on, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, very high nationally. I don't know. I think seven or eight time All American. Wow. In you know multiple different events and and one of the cool things was is after she you know got her first American All American award and was really on the rise, we got pregnant with our first uh, kid, Jack our our oldest boy who's five now but um everybody kind of thought that was it for her running career at that point and i won't tell the whole story in case she comes on but anyway <laughs> she came back and and that led us to being there and it also led me to be in a position there in utah where you know i needed some freedom to be able to take care of jack while she was traveling to mm-hmm. run but also make some money and that was kind of the starting of of high country lighting it actually started as high country window washing oh okay believe it or not and so i started a window washing company yeah. and one thing led to another but um that was it now so then after i you know she finished running i had gotten my business off the ground there uh we wanted to move closer to my home in alberta but not across the border mm-hmm. you know for various reasons for the both of us and so montana was just the perfect fit for us i spent uh, a lot of my life doing things in Montana and I've always loved it. So we came up here and then that's basically where we had, uh, well, we had our daughter Indy, who's two years old now mm-hmm. in Utah. And then shortly after she was born, we moved here to Montana and then we also have a one year old Liam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So. Awesome. So you said that, tell, tell me about that confidence to start your business and you had mentioned being around other successful people growing up who had been there, done that. How did that help you? And what was that like when you were first getting started? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it definitely helped me. Uh, Confidence-wise, I don't know. You, you know, starting a business is a really scary thing. I mm. think I think you've got to have a little bit of confidence to start a business because now you're not getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every, you know, you're, you're going out going out and hustling every day for your dinner. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so it was that in a lot of ways, but I think just having, like I said, people around me, even my dad, who's a business owner, um, you kind of get to see that perspective that, you know, you, you don't have the health care, you don't have the benefits, you don't have the steady paycheck, but you can have a lot of freedom mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can dictate your own schedule to some degree. And, uh, and you have the ability to make as much as you want or as little as you want based on your own, I guess, uh, yeah, your own, you know, what, yeah. you, what you do. And um, and so that that's something that I wanted and it's something that I needed at that time. Like I said, the flexibility to be able to take care of Jack while Erica was traveling. And so I just, uh, I just went for it. It started small. And I think that's something, you know, people think you have to have a half a million dollars in 
in capital to start something and maybe with you know certain definitely with certain businesses you have to have that much and more but you know i think businesses are a compounding type of type of thing and, and even a small business can lead to the next thing and the next thing and the mm -hmm. next thing once you start you know learning to work for yourself it's kind of addictive yeah reinvesting um kind of what you're saying you know when i was when i started my business here or before i did <clears throat> i had always kept a little bit of a safety net and i wanted to move here and, and that would have been no safety net this was in 2021 january so covid was still going pretty strong and i was having a conversation with one of my buddies i can't remember if i've shared this before but he said he calls me bridgie he said bridgie <laughs> he said I said, well, what if I fail, blah, blah, blah. He said, you're not going to fail. He says, because you're betting on yourself. And that's the difference is you can, you can run all the numbers and you can try to make your business plan look as shiny as you want for the bank. But at the end of the day, you know who you are and you know that you're going to make any, uh, do anything it takes to, you know, make your dream become a reality. So mm -hmm. I commend you for that. Yeah, I think uh, it was, yeah. You're exactly right on that. You can, you bet on yourself and, mm -hmm. and you, you can, you can make things happen and, and numbers are important. And I'm kind of at the point in my business where I'm trying to learn to, or I'm reverse engineering my business. I kind of grew so quickly mm -hmm. that I got, you know, a large volume of sales and, and all of that stuff down. And now I'm sort of going back and trying to work on being a little bit more careful about numbers mm -hmm. and things like that. But to your point, I think that definitely numbers don't tell the whole story and betting on yourself and just, and just hustling and mm -hmm. doing what you have to do is, is probably the first and most important thing that you have to worry about if you're, you know, thinking about starting a business. Right. Yeah. Um, so tell us about high country lighting. Yeah. So high country lighting, uh, I, like I said, I started this window washing company and I was, you know, going around knocking doors. Mm -hmm. Oh, getting, heck yeah. Yeah. Get, get, knocking doors. Um, getting window washing clients residentially and that let one thing led to another and I was getting these commercial contracts on big um, you know multi-story buildings and stores and and the window washing business was just really taking off so I had to hire a couple guys to help me with that and like I said every day I was out hustling and uh, and I had these guys on now and things kind of slow down in the fall for window washing and I thought, well, you know, I want to keep these guys busy. I can make a little bit extra money. We already got all the ladders. We got all this stuff. Let's start hanging some Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's what we did. I reached out to a bunch of my customers that I was already washing their windows and started hanging their Christmas Smart. lights, buying their Christmas lights, storing them, everything else, and, and doing the whole thing. Well, you've already got this base of people that know, like, and trust you. Exactly. If you can offer them an additional kind of complimentary service. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a huge part of networking too, especially in the home service industry mm -hmm. specifically is, you know, everybody has a client list and these clients trust you. And right. so if there's somebody that you trust that you can, you know, then say, Hey, let me send an email out to my clients offering them this value and this product that you're offering. That's a huge networking opportunity, right. I think in the business world. But that's what I did. I started hanging those traditional lights. Um, but it was very early on, just about, you know, five, six years ago in Utah. And I started to see some of, um, my competitors, these permanent lighting companies popping up in Utah. And I thought, man, I'm, I'm putting these things up. I'm come, you know, and I got to, you know, I got to rush for two, three, four weeks a month before Christmas to get all these up to, you know, meet everybody's schedule, make everybody happy. I'm leaving them up for a 
month or two months. And then, you know, everybody's uh, blowing up my phone because we're trying to get out there and take all these lights down, mm-hmm. get them stored properly and get them off people's houses. And it's, it's a giant pain. I see these permanent lights out there and I'm thinking, man, this is way better. And it makes way more sense. People don't have to get on a schedule anymore. They don't have to risk getting themselves on a ladder. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, getting hurt, getting, needing a trip to the chiropractor actually. You're, you're cutting into my, my business. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and there's, and, and at that time, that's, that's all I was thinking is man, never to have to hang Christmas lights again. That's awesome. So I started doing some research into all the different permit permanent lighting companies that existed at that time. And, you know, there's quite a few now, but back then there was, there was very few. And I found, um, after all my research, the absolute best manufacturer of these lights that I could, that I could come up with. And, and reached out to them to see if I could get an authorized dealership. And they're mm. like, uh, no, you don't got enough employees. You don't got enough revenue, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, that sucks. Well, I reach out to them again and again and again <laughs> and keep emailing, keep bugging, keep finding people to, you know, another angle in the company. Yeah. Like, hey, put in a good word with this guy for me. To, uh-huh. And finally, they're like, all right, here you go. Have it, you, you know. You wore us down. Yeah, yeah, you wore us down. Have an authorized dealership. So we took it. And that first year was great. Second year was absolutely amazing and by the third year uh, we were the second largest manufacturer for them in the united states or authorized dealer for that manufacturer in the united states us wow yeah and so they um you know so we grew together obviously and that's been a great relationship with them but to your point what i didn't know at the time when i was thinking wow these would just be great so people don't have to hang christmas lights is it's actually an everyday lighting system Mm -hmm. You know, people do never have to get up there. They can be running a different Christmas light every night. So not only do they have to do traditional, but they can do crazy stuff and red, green and white Pac-Man and all this stuff chasing Mm. around their house. That's so much fun. And people, you know, the kids love changing them, seeing what's going to be on that night. But also Easter, 4th of July, St. Patrick's Day, birthday parties. You know, you got a sports team that you like, you can put that on there. And so you can use it for all that stuff. And then obviously the accent and architectural lighting is beautiful. You can control each bulb and customize it to your home so that you can use it for accent lighting every day of the year on a timer that comes on at sunset, turns off Mm -hmm. at sunrise and then you don't have to touch it. So it's, uh, you know, I didn't know at that time that just switching out from Christmas lights that I was going to become an entire lighting guy. And that Mm -hmm. that was going to, you know, take over my business, but that's what happened. And, and it's been hugely, successful and people absolutely love it and so they do well it looks so nice i mean i've seen them you drive around they're clean and i mean customizable um and yeah i told you i know our viewers can't see but we've got these lights out here it's on cement my ladder was up there 20 feet and (laughs) i was each time i'm like this is going to be bad because i know i'm going to fall at some point (laughs) yep yeah it's it's uh I can't overstate it. So your cousin, Peter, who was mm-hmm. one of my best friends growing up in our, in our little town, we, uh, we had a substitute teacher and I mean, very sadly, he passed away working on a ladder. Really? On, I believe it was Christmas lights, but fell off a ladder and, and, uh, that was it. So it really is no joke. And we take a lot of precautions to make sure mm-hmm. our guys are safe, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's definitely not something to take lightly getting on the ladder. Well, I had a friend, same thing, setting up Christmas lights, icy roof slipped slid off his roof landed and um there was one of those uh, like one of those narrow metal fence posts and he just 
five inches away from it missed it wow and i mean it's yeah that would have been bad not something bad. i want to deal with no. so when we get a house i'm definitely gonna have you have you get them going so what Good. what areas do you cover um so we cover you know we cover helena the the greater helena area the greater bozeman area and the greater great falls area mm-hmm. so so basically those three cities and and uh just you know the nature of the beast so i i i saw uh funny meme the other day it was about alberta but it, the same thing applies to montana and it said uh and it said f- why would we fly it's only a 12-hour drive <laughs> and, and so just the nature of doing business in montana and this type of home service business we travel a lot farther than we would in a really compact condensed city so you know pretty much anywhere in the in the kind of central montana area we'll we'll cover it to, for the most part and you do residential and commercial yes sir yep um we've done a well, I did one of your competitors here recently. Oh, did we, you? <laughs> we, we shouldn't mention that though. <laughs> yep. No, and, and, uh, no, and yeah, lots of residential, lots of new construction, uh-huh. all that. Yep. Cool. Um, is it, do you have like different bulb sizes or is it standard? It's all standard. Size? So uh-huh. early on we tried with different things. So it's actually, so the, the lights go into a metal track. We match that track with whatever color the soft fit and fascia on the house is or the building, whatever we match it, make it look really discreet. Mm-hmm. And then we put an led bulb in there. That's at its brightest. It can do 97 lumens. So it's really bright if you want it to be. Um, so it's not so much about the size of the bulb. Mm. It's more about the spacing. And so, you know, we, we experimented at the start with six inch spacing, 12 mm-hmm. inch spacing. Um, and we just settled on nine and that's all we offer anymore. It mm-hmm. looks by far the best. Oh. And, and so we just go nine inch spacing on, on the tracks and yeah, it looks great. And does it just tie in? To, like, do you plug it in or does it just hardwire in somewhere? So it's all low voltage. And in order for us to keep that low voltage, uh, classification has to plug in. Okay. So we have a power supply that kind of helps convert all of that power. And yeah, we just plug that in somewhere and like I said, real discreet, drop the wires into the track and then it runs from there without hmm. really seeing anything. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a great service. Everybody needs to have it. I mean, I'm sure everybody will in the future because that's what I always say uh, is, uh, you know, it may be five years, it may be 10 years or 15, but I think at some point every house will have these on them standard, you know, whether it's our product or or any product, I think just permanent lighting in general is going to start coming standard on homes mm-hmm. just because oh, of yeah. how convenient it is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to, and you probably save money over the long run, apart from the time that you have to spend to put them up, take them down, hope you don't get hurt. But then I swear every year I'm replacing bulbs mm-hmm. and trying to go find new strings of lights. And that's, that's if you're doing it yourself. I mean, right. if you're going to get up on the ladder and do it yourself, that's that's good for you. But I mean, especially if you're hiring somebody to come out like I was, hang mm-hmm. the lights, take them down, store them for you. It only takes a couple of years. You know, these are definitely more expensive than traditional lights. But when you think about, you know, Christmas lights alone, it only takes a couple of years to pay that, to pay that off. Now, when you think of the fact that you can use these lights every single day of the year, instead mm-hmm. of two months out of the year, right. um, pays itself off very quickly. Yeah. Cool, Tyler. Um, okay. So just speaking business in general, if somebody was going to start a business as an entrepreneur, what, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, you know, I think, uh, I, 
I think overall, um, you know, do, do your research starting out, obviously do your research, make it, make sure that whatever you are selling is something that people want, people need, um, you know, the market isn't already too saturated. Are you offering something different? Are you offering something better than your competitor? Are you solving a problem mm. for your potential customer? And is there demand? So you've done that research. Once you've done that research, then, you know, put your head down and work. Like you said earlier, you can crunch all the numbers in the world and you can sit there at your desk and go over numbers and go over Excel spreadsheets. And at the end of the day, that isn't at least starting out as an entrepreneur. And now I'm learning as a business owner that mm -hmm. comes later, but starting out as an entrepreneur, if you want to be a hustler, um, forget about that desk, forget about the numbers and get out there and work. And number one is sell. You have no business if you're not making money. So if you're not selling, it doesn't matter if you've got the best technicians installing. It doesn't matter if you have the best processes, if you're saving pennies, you know, you can't, you can't be saving pennies to make dollars when you could be making thousands of dollars just by getting more sales. Right. And so initially, you know, having a big funnel and funneling in a lot of work. And then, you know, from there, you're definitely going to later on have to figure out how to efficientize that, which is where I'm at. But I think, yeah, for at first, put your head down, work and, and get sales. So good. You're getting me all pumped up. I got to go start <laughs> another business. <laughs> yeah. Well, yours is great, man. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, okay. Somebody wants to get lights. Uh, how do they find you? Uh, there's a couple ways they can find me. Uh, so, you know, we're on social media, high country lighting. And as well, you know, I have a website, high country lighting, mt.com. Okay. So high country lighting, Montana. So, um, and then, you know, they can, they can reach out to me and, and give me a call or anything else. Um, my phone number for that is, uh, is four oh six five five one seven 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 six. Okay. So yeah, that's uh Awesome. All. If anybody's thinking about it, don't put it off. Uh it's an investment that you'll have forever and uh, something that you'll never regret. So Tyler, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Helena Hustle Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Helena Hustle Podcast.